And we will begin the third line down, really finishing up the last sugi we had brought in of different creek sieves, certain things were So in that vein, Amar of Achabar Ada, the Marava in Eretz Yisrael, Paskin Lahadein Psukah Latlasa Psukim. They broke up the following Pasuk into three Psukim. Now, what is that Pasuk? So what is this Pasuk? This is a very long Pasuk um, that has essentially three themes and is thus broken up into three Psukim. This is right before Matan Torah, the back and forth where Moshe is going back. He's running between Chal Yisrael and so I'm going to come to give the Torah So this is broken up into three, meaning That's pasuk number one. Pasuk number two. Again, in our the way we have it, it's all one pasuk. So why is it broken up into three? So the Marsha brings down that because you could read the Ba'avor in order, right? In order so that can be coming off of what it says previously. That the reason, that the reason that I'm coming is because I want them to listen when I speak to you, Moshe. So the Marsha says, so that therefore, Marava, they would break it up and they would end the Pasuk at Ha'anon. Point number one. To stress that that's the purpose. And it's coming off of the theme over here that we said that Moshe, right? That Moshe was the transmitter of Torah. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to establish the trust in Moshe. And therefore, to, in order to make sure that the Bavur is going on the we have to put that together in one Pasuk, in Marava, at least they felt they did. And then I, what's the third Pasuk? That he says, that's, that would be in its own Pasuk, because we generally find in the Torah that we, know, we, we never find in the Torah that Hashem speaks to Moshe and Moshe speaks to Chai in the same Pasuk. It's always, right? Okay, and then Moshe, right, would go ahead and say it over to Kali Yisrael. So therefore, that's why they broke this up into three. Again, the first part of the Pasuk was Hashem saying that he's coming by Anon. The second part of the Pasuk was to stress that the purpose was that they should believe in Moshe. And then the third was the response was Moshe telling, because the Pasuk started with Hashem telling Moshe, so it was the response to that, which is Moshe telling the Okay, next. Okay. And the Mepharshim explained that we just came off again. Right, we came off of yesterday. We discussed that, that a Moshe was not allowed to accept money and therefore you're not allowed to accept money for teaching Torah. Well, if Moshe didn't accept money, then how, where did he get money from? So we're going to get into that, right? From the Psalos of the Luchas, a famous Gemara, Shinemar, the Pasuk says, Psalacha, Shnei Luchas Avonim Karishanim. Psalacha, Psalasan, Shalacha, Yehei. The Psalos of the Luchas, right? They were made out of sapphire. So the Psalos, it was a precious, precious stone. The Psalos should go to Moshe. So that is how he became wealthy. Amar Rabbi Yisrael Barachanina. Okay, and originally, Torah was only given 
for Moshe and his children. And we know we just brought down the member just like the Psalas of the Luchas went to Moshe, so to the Ksav of Ksavan Shelcha. Moshe, and what, so what happened? Moshe, Niyag, Ba'tavas Ayin, Moshe decided to be generous. Vinitl Yisrael, and he gave it to Yisrael. And that's why the Apostle says, Toiv, Ayin, Hu, Yivayrech. Now, Frek the Gemara, really, you're telling me the Torah was originally only earmarked for Moshe and his children and not for the rest of Kal Yisrael? We see that Hashem commanded Moshe to teach Kal Yisrael. So, of course, it was meant to be given over. So, no, we break up the Pasuk. And I gave it to you. Okay, so we play, play the words a little bit by moving, moving uh, commas around and we can, we can make the shot work that really the Torah was earmarked only for Moshe and his children. Again, Hashem commanded me to give it over to you. You see that I'm doing what Hashem commanded. No, he commanded me, and I decided to give it to you. What do you mean? Okay, that it says that, <coughs> that uh, Hashem commanded Moshe to write down the Torah, Kisvulach Mitzashir Azois, right? And we see, Velamda, the rest of the Pasuk, as B'nai Yisrael, Sima B'fiyem, that you have to teach it to B'nai Yisrael. So what are you talking about that it was, the Torah was earmarked for Moshe? So the Gemara says, that is Hashira Luchuda. That is only the Shira, meaning Hazinu, which came before Vayelach. <coughs> what, what are you talking about? It says, Lamanti Eli Hashira Azois, Le'eid B'nai Yisrael. Ah. Now we said that the shira needs to be le'ed. And Pashtas, what does Iran explain? What edus is there, dafka, in the shira? It must be that the whole Torah. Ella, so the Gemara answers, okay, papula ba'alma. That when, when we went ahead and said this memra, when we said this memra that Moshe, the memra of Rabbi Yisrael, when he said, it meant papula ba'alma, meaning he gave the pilpul, the raid. Right, the lundus of the Torah, that was given to Moshe. The fleshiks, that was given to Moshe. And really, that was supposed to be kept in Moshe's family. And he decided to share the lundus, the raid, with everybody else. Kadosh Baruch was only going to misharish his shechina, meaning nevius, ela gibar v'asher v'chacham v'anav. We learned these all from Moshe. Gibar, where do we see that Moshe was a gibar? <coughs> the Pasuk says, that he spread, the Moshe Rabbeinu himself, doesn't say that he used a ladder, he spread the covering on top of the Mishkan. Moshe himself spread it. How tall was the Mishkan? 10 amas, 20 feet. So Moshe, he was spreading without any assistance. He spread it like as if he was setting the table. He put the cover on top of the Mishkan. So he must have been a gibor. Okay, Frech Gemara, what are you talking about? Ema da'arach v'katan, maybe he was very tall and like scrawny, very, very tall and thin. Who says he was a gibar? Ela min kra. From the following pasuk, v'espais bishnei luchais, that Moshe says that I grabbed the two luchais at the time of the egel, v'ashlichem, when, when, when he came down and saw the Kali Yisrael were being oisik in the egel, v'ashlichem al shtei yodai, v'ashabreim le'neichem, that he went ahead, he was able to pick up these two massive Stones, Vitanya, Haluchas, Arkon, Shisha, Varachman, Shisha. There were six by six, Vaabyan, Shloisha, okay, that these, and, and again, made out of a very, very heavy stone. So we see that Moshe was a Gibar because he was able to pick up the Luchas. Frek the Rush, well, what about the Krushim themselves? We know that Moshe lifted up the Krushim, right? So why don't we just go ahead, and the Rush doesn't answer the question, 
He says, well, the Krushin themselves were made out of massive wood. You're talking about beams that are 20 feet high. Moshe himself, what does the Pasuk say? What does the Pasuk say? Vayakem Moshe, right? It's Hamishkan. Then Moshe put it up himself. When we say physically, he put it up himself. So the Marsha comes to answer this question. This is a beautiful idea that if you look, as brought down Rashi in Chomish, Medrash Tanchuma, Vayavios Hamishkan al Moshe. So what does Rashi say? Shaloi hayu yechayon l'hakimai. They were unable, they, they, they didn't know how to assemble. So there was, there was right, Betzalo went ahead and designed, everything was made, but they didn't know how to assemble the Mishkan. So since Moshe didn't actually do any malacha for the Mishkan, so that task was left to Moshe. Nobody else was able to do it. It was too heavy. Okay? Now, Nobody had the ability to go ahead and assemble it, put it up. Moshe did it. Amr Moshe, so how did he do it? Because he was a gibar? Well, if so, then why didn't our Gemara say because of that? Why do we have to go to Luchas? We were already on the Mishkan, just say it was the Mishkan. Rather, says the Medrash, It's impossible to be done by a man. Nobody can do it. Amr Lei, HaKadosh Baruch said, Don't worry. Asak Atah you do what you have to. Start the process. Okay? And you'll see, it'll come. So really, it wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu who lifted up the Krushim. He was the agent for the Krushim to get lifted up. But it was Ayyadeh Siyat Deshmai, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped him, helped him physically. Okay, do it. That's why the Pasuk says, Hukam. It was established. It was set up. That Moshe himself didn't physically do it, and therefore we couldn't bring that as a raya because we're trying to bring a raya that Moshe was a gibar. Well, from there we see the Rashi, the Medrash Tanchuma, the Rashi brings down that he wasn't actually, uh, he, he, might, he was a gibar, but he didn't actually um, set up the Krashim unassisted. So, okay, Asher. So again, we said that in order to be Mesharash Chinasa, which we're going to go into over here, we'll be memory just a little bit. Speak out a little bit, but it's, if you, it's a curious use of words. Mesharash Chinasa, on the surface it sounds like Nevias. So you have to have four components. Gibar, Asher, that's the second one. How do we know that Moshe was an Asher? Psal lacha, psalas and shel That the psalas of the luchas should belong to Moshe, and he was enriched through that. Chacham, how do we know that Moshe was a Chacham? There were 50 gates of Bina, of knowledge, of understanding. And they were all given of the 50, 49 of the 50, all except for one, were given to Moshe Shnei the Pasuk says, me'at that he was shorted, right? He was missing a tiny bit from Elikim. That to be at a level of Elikim, that would be nun sharibina, that would be 50. Moshe had 49. Anav, where do we know that Moshe was an Anav? That is straight out on the Pasuk, Tichseva ish Moshe Anav Ma'id. I'm Rav Yechanan. Rav Yechanan says on this, so again, just one, so we, we brought down four components that we said that you have to be Gibar, Ashir, Chacham, Anav. Now the Rambam, when he quotes, when he quotes in Yisoyed Terah, he says that Nevuah, now here it says Mishar Shechinasai, that the Nevuah is Chala on a Chacham, meaning Gadol B'Chachma, Gibar B'Midaisav. So the Rambam clearly says that Gibar doesn't refer to physical strengths, but it refers to Midaisav. Okay, Shaloh Yeh Yitzray Misgaber Olav, B'Davar Ba'Olam, Elohu Misgaber, B'Daitai Al Yitzray Tamid, Okay, so the Rambam quotes it saying that the Chacham, um, that the Chacham and Gibar is not as we understand this necessarily in our Gemara. And the Kesem Mishnah comes to explain the Rambam that 
it's going based on what we learn in Pirkei Avos, that a Chacham is, what's a Chacham is, loy made, ezu Chacham alayim mikol Adam, that Chazal say, who's a Gibar, HaKavah says Yitzroi, okay, ezo Ashir HaSameach Bechalkei. So the question is, if the Rambam is talking about those are the qualifications for Nevi'is, it seems pretty clear in our Gemara, where did the Rambam get that from? Because it seems pretty clear in our Gemara that Gibar means physical strength and understanding doesn't, not, not that Lemon we call them, but rather he had, of all 50 available gates of Bina, he had 49 of them. Usher, he was a real usher. Usher, right? He had sapphire, right? He got, he got the leftover luchos. So where's the Rambam getting that from? So they say, very interesting shot. And we really can learn this is a little bit, there's two different concepts of Nevius. And the rush really speaks this out. Um, over here, he says that the Nevuah we're talking about, the, the Nevuah we're talking about is the permanent Kavua Nevi'im. That that, yes, you have to have these physical components. But for a person on a, pers- a, person on a, on a personal level to reach the capability of nevuah, meaning on a temporary, to reach that as a level, you don't necessarily need to have those physical things. That there's two different components. It's permanent. Who are like the established nevi'im in Kala Yisrael? Yeah, you need to have these four com- physical components as well. Or again, chacham is not a physical, but you have to have the four components as realistically listed in the Gemara. However, on a... On, on an individual basic, uh, on an individual level, one is able to reach the level of nevuas by working on their midas, by being a chacham alav nikolam, by being a asher smeich bechelkai, and by being a gibar hakoy v'shesi yitzray. Amar of Yechanan, kol hanaviim ashirim hayu. They were all wealthy. Minalan, where do we learn this from? In Moshe, from Moshe. Mishmuel me'amas u'miyayna. So before we learned it from Moshe, now we're going to learn it from all four. This was something that all four had in common. Okay, Moshe dechsev loichamar echad mehem nasasi. That Moshe said he tainted. <laughs> I didn't get anything from Kali Yisrael. Now, loichamar echad mehem nasasi. Ibalei igra. So you would it would physically right. So we're trying to bring a riot from here. Then Moshe was wealthy because he didn't take a chamar. And the Gemara is not making the following cheshbon. What was the pasuk? What was Moshe coming to tell us that he didn't take a chamar? Loichamar mehem nasasi. Ibalei igra. If Moshe is saying, "Not, nah, I never took, I never took it without paying for it," so then lafuki man the shaki Really, that's what that's what Moshe was coming to say. I'm not a ganav. I didn't take it without paying. Well, of course we know Zosher Rabbeinu. Of course he. That wasn't the point of the pasuk. Ella dafilu beagra. What he was saying was, okay, <clears throat> I never, I had the money, but I never went ahead and and bought it. Meaning, even for payment. I never, I didn't want to be, ever be accused of, because of my position, someone's going to give me a good deal on something. So he was an usher, he had the money. So Frech Tegmar, no, maybe the reason why he never bought a chamar from Kala Yisrael is because he didn't have the money. Okay, Hitaka didn't buy, he didn't buy a chamar, but it wasn't because he had the money and he decided to forget, he didn't have the money. Ella, so then we can't learn it from there. Like we learned before, that where do we know that Moshe was an usher? Because he, Kaddish Baruch Hu, gave him the psalis of the luchos, the leftover, what he carved out. Shmuel, what do we know that Shmuel was a, an usher? So we're going to try to learn it similarly, like we did from Moshe, as the Pasuk says. Did I take any shar? Did I take any. Shar uh, or Hamar from Kal Yisrael again. So you want to say that he took it? What Shmuel was coming to say was he didn't take it without paying. Okay, meaning again, does would, would we actually suspect that Shmuel took something without paying for it? Even for payment. 
So again, the Gemara says, so he must be, he had money, because he could have bought it if he wanted to. And he was saying, I didn't. Correct the Gemara, no, again, just like we tied it before, maybe he was an Ani, and that's why he didn't purchase a Shar or Hamar from any of Okay, but rather from the Pasuk, from where we're going to learn that, again, we're trying to figure out that a four, Moshe, Shmuel, Amos, and Yoina were Ashir, where do we know it from? says the pasuk. Kishan went back to Haram, to, to Ramasa because that's where his house was. We had this. We had this in brachas. That wherever Shmuel went, he had So he was an usher, meaning he had everything he needed wherever he went. Okay, so a person who has everything they need is considered an usher. Okay. Now, in regards to the two failed attempts to learn that both Moshe and Shmuel were Ashirim, we tried to learn from the, having to do with the fact that they didn't purchase, uh, you know, or Shar and Chamar, okay, from purchasing animals. So we're going to dash something based on those two took and then get back to figuring out how do we know that Amos and Yoyna were Ashirim. That actually was greater, when the Pasuk was referring to the fact that Shmuel didn't purchase animals, it was greater than Moshe. That he was saying, okay, meaning, and the, the way that the Mepharshim explained this is that Moshe, if if he would have been pressured into purchasing one, he would have. Okay, even though there is an outside chance that we get a better deal because of his position in Kalei Yisrael. That even, even if somebody tried to force him, that he would not have acceded to have purchased anything to remain clean. Okay, because it said he didn't oppress, it didn't convince us. The point is that what we're saying that the Midah by Shmuel was greater than Moshe. Moshe could have been forced into purchasing a Hamar, Shmuel would not have been. Amos, let's back to, how do we know that, how do we know that Amos was an usher? Amos, Amos responded, and he said to Amos, Now what is Baiker Anoichi? What does that mean? Can we talk about Rabbi Yosef? Like Rabbi Yosef translates, that Baikir Anachi means I am an owner of many herds of cattle. And what is Uvoile Shekamim? Ve Shekamim, which means sycamore trees, Li Bishalafta, Vigaimar. Okay, meaning that I have I have all sorts of animals and I have all sorts of fancy trees. So he was an usher. Yoina, Tiksev. How do we know Yoina was an usher? Tiksev. So Yoina was given the commandment to go tell the people of Ninveh to do chuva. And he gets to the port and Okay, the boat is waiting for passengers and Yona wants to go. So what does he do? They said, no, I, I want to wait. I, right, I'm getting $50 a person. I'm not going. So Yona says, don't worry, I'll pay for everybody. So he paid the fare for the entire boat so they could leave immediately. It was 4,000 golden dinners. That, that originally, <coughs> Moshe was learning Torah, and he, he would forget it. He would learn and forget. Okay, until it was given to him as a matana. Okay, Shanemar, as the Pasuk says, That is, Vayitain means it was given to Moshe, as a matana. Moshe was unable to retain the Torah that he learned all on his own. 
Okay, let's move Viter back to Nidarim, back to the scheduled programming. Don't worry, we'll have more Agadita in the coming days. But for right now, we're going to get back to Nidarim for a little bit. And we're going to discuss that what happens, we're dis- our, our, our Perik, Perik Ravi, is talking about that uh, if one person, right, the Mudr and the Madir, let's say in our example, Ruvain, um, Shimon says he's not going to have any Anna from Ruvain. So we're discussing the things that Ruvain may do. And we put them into three categories. Mavriya Chari, we said it's Shitas Chanon. For instance, Pareya and things like that. Okay, there's a Devar Mitzvah, like returning his Aveda. And then there's a third one, is going to be indirect benefit, which we'll get to at the end of our parak. Okay, now in the Ran, we combine some of that. So let's discuss the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Vizonis Ishtai. So even though Shimon is not allowed to have enough from Ruvain, Ruvain can be Zon Ashes Ashes Shimon. Okay, Ruvain, who is, right, Shimon is, is also to have any Hanaf from Ruvain, Ruvain can go ahead and be Zon Shimon's wife, Ve'ezbonov, his wife and his children, Afopishu Chayvim Even though, even though, Shimon himself is chayiv to provide mezonis for his own wife and children. Reuven can do it on his behalf. Okay? Now, before we move on, a couple of things. Really? Is, we learned in Ksubas, right? Is a person really responsible to provide, yes, for his wife, but for his children? And the Rosh addresses this here, and he says, However, the rush does bring down the Rabbeinu Tam is mukila that we can come up with a case where a person is chayiv to provide. Why? Because he divorced his wife and then when he remarried her, he agreed in the ksuba to provide. So whatever the situation is that he's chayiv, however we get there, he's chayiv to provide in maybe this specific situation. It's more surgical. In this specific situation, he's, he's responsible. Shimon is responsible to provide mezainas for his wife, and his children. And what we're saying is that Reuven can go ahead and provide it. Now, there's two ways to look at this. Either we can say that his wife and children are now a Baal So now this is Mavriya Chari, which is Shitas Chanan. This is Chanan, that you're allowed to pay off somebody's debt, Mavriya Chari, because all you're doing is removing the creditor from being able to collect. That's Mavriya Chari, as if you're chasing away destruction. Okay, so that's one way of looking at it. However, the Ran says here, don't view it that way. Okay, he says, Afilu kirabanon asya. It could even be kirabanon. Debeteres mitzvah askinon. We're talking about here where Ruvain decides to do a mis- mitzvah. It's not clear what the mitzvah is, but to feed these children. Okay, he's not doing it to satisfy alone, but rather he's doing it as a mitzvah. And even though Shimon is getting benefit, because if Ruvain's providing the mitzvah for his wife and children as a mitzvah, not as a piroin chayv, then... He's providing them, still, he's, Shimon's getting the benefit. Still, that's considered Hanad Memela. And we've seen this idea before in the, in the run that in a situation where someone's doing a mitzvah, even though the other person benefits, that's the other side. We've seen this throughout. The Ran Shita is that the Machsar Aveda, I, what about the fact that the Baal Aveda is getting Hanad Memela? So when we put those two components together, again, the Ran fits this into that category, saying even in the Rabbanon, everyone's going to agree. Everyone's going to agree over here. This is not going to be subject to Machlikas. This is not a case of Mavriya Chari. He's not paying off a debt. Rather, he's doing a mitzvah and indirect benefit. So those two components. So, it's, like I said, it's not clear what the mitzvah is. Um, Taisa says, 
matana, I guess, if they need food, and the guy Lamaisa isn't providing it, so then it's a mitzvah. Others, this is something that's discussed because others say that it's, it's that that we're talking about the case where he's doing it in front of him, and therefore it could be a situation where Shimon had the money. But um, Tesis does say. Um, Tesis does also say, and he, and he clearly spells out that it's talking about a situation of Noisin Matana. So he doesn't say necessarily it's mitzvah, but it's Noisin Matana, that it's a gift, okay? And the uh, same idea, and the benefit is indirect. Um, so that is, that's one, that's one way. And there are others that learn that, no, it needs to be specifically that, it needs to be specifically, it needs to be specifically that it's Yemuzainus Yisera, Sorry, that's where Taisa says, right? So it's done as Ishtay Taisa says, nichad It could be like Hanan, but then you're pigeonholing it. You're saying it's only Hanan. It could also be Bechiasia Nami Kurabana Nicha Shaper de Mari Hachami Mizainus Yeseris. So Taisa learns the shot here is that you're not providing them with the Mizainus that's a Chayv, the Mizainus that the Chayv, but extra Mizainus that, and that's what the Mishnah is coming to tell us. Okay, Alkapanam, that is talking about the Mizainus Ishtay and Banam. Now let's move on. What about his animals? Says, So the Tanakama holds that Ruben cannot provide Mizainas for Shimon's animals, whether they're Tahar animals or Tame animals, animals that are kosher to eat and animals that are not. That you can provide Mizainas for the Tame animals. <coughs> okay, the Tame animals is fine. Amr the Chum said, one second. So the Chacham said back to Rebbe Lazar, what do you mean? Why should we differentiate? Amr Luhu, Rebbe Lazar says, I have a very good reason why I'm differentiating. Because Sha'at the tar animals, Nafshah okay, meaning the Nefesh, it, it, it's a fancy way of saying Gufa Shalai, the point is that he could eat it. Vituma Nafshah Vigufa Lashamayim. The point is, Vitumea, right, so a tar animal can be eaten, a Tamea animal cannot be eaten. When Ruvain feeds Shimon's animal and fattens it up, so that's going to be, it's now going to have more flesh. That's a benefit to Shimon. So it's only a benefit by a tar animal. Okay, so that is the taina that Rabbi Lazar says back to the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say, how could you differentiate? Now, Amrullah, the Rabbanon say, well, one second. Afa Tamea nafshalishamayim vigufa shalai. Well, guess what? A non-kosher animal, also gufa shaloi. Why? Meaning he's going to have benefit. Yes, he can't eat it. But he could sell it to a guy. Or he could feed it to the dogs. Okay, meaning he'll get more dog food out of it. So he can't eat it himself. So he is getting benefit. And therefore, says the Chachamim back to Rebbe Lazar, no, that they're both going to be Usr. So what is, what is Rebbe Lazar thinking then? Based on what the Chachamim are saying, why would Rebbe Lazar say that, he, that Ruvain is allowed to feed Shimon's behemoth if it's going to fatten him up? So two things are just important. Number, number one, very important. The Ran says, Rebbe Lazar, when we said that he could feed his tummy animal, it's only above the normal mezainis. Based So venerally, Rebbe Lazar leishari bitmeya el zayna mezainis yiseirim kidei lafatma. Mishom. So it's only for pitom. Not what the animal is. Of course, that would be providing a benefit to Shimon. Regular daily dog food that, you know, the, the thing would dispense, okay, the daily amount. That 
He could not provide. It's only extra. Why? Because when the animal is mafutim, yes, I understand. Like you, the Chacham are saying that on, on one hand, it could be sold when it's it could be sold as a, a to a non to a non Jew, or when the animal dies, it'll be more dog food if he was mafate my tummy animal. However, while since a an animal, we assume that the purpose of an animal was to do work. Okay, when it gets fat and lazy, it's actually going to be not as productive, and therefore, whatever benefit there might be upon sale or upon death, actively, when Shimon is using his animal, he's actually, it's destructive to him, it's not helpful, when Ruvain fattens up his animal, because now he's got a fat, lazy, pampered animal, and he needs a workhorse, okay? And that is the, how the Ron explains what Shittas Rebbe Lazar is. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Barchanina, Amar Rav Huna, Hamudar Anamechaver, Gemara, <clears throat> if a person is mutter haname chaveray, mutter lahasilaybita. Okay, so using our example over here, we would say that if we have to decide who is usher on whom, but for the moment, just to line it up to what we understand, if Shimon is not allowed to have enough from Reuven, Reuven can still give Shimon his daughter. So Shimon can still marry Reuven's daughter. Heavy bar Rebzei. Rebzei wanted to figure out what's the Chiddush over here. Am I asking you? What are we talking about? So if you want to say, again, like our case, that Shimon is not allowed to have enough from Ruvain, and we're saying that Ruvain can give his daughter to Shimon to marry. Really? If we're talking about the assumption is a katana, so the katana is essentially she's serving the father, right? She's doing the house chores. Now she's going to be the shivcha, the house chores of her husband. So it's a direct benefit. The father has it and he's giving it to Shimon. So it can't be that that's the case over here, and that's where Rav Yitzchak Bachanina Amar Yes, we call the wife the Shifcha. Yes, um, that is what the Gemara was referring to when it says Shifcha. Ella chason asurin meaning that he's getting some sort of help. Okay, Ella, and, and therefore it is a direct benefit. Let's look at it the other way. chason asurin That the chason, the chason stuff is asur to the father of the Kawa, meaning that Ruvain is also to have enough from Shimon in this situation. And we're saying, even though Ruvain is not to have enough from Shimon, what we're thinking is that Ruvain can essentially offload his daughter to Shimon to get Mizainais, and that's going to be a benefit. Even though Ruvain is not to have enough from Shimon, Ruvain can go ahead and marry his daughter off to Shimon, and Shimon will then have to provide Mizainais, so Ruvain benefits. And that would be the Chiddush of the case over here. Frakta Gemara, what's the Chiddush? Gedele Mizu Amru. We just said zanas ishtay ves bonav. You can you can and bonav and benayisav as well. That even if Shimon doesn't marry Ruvain's daughter, and Ruvain's not allowed enough from Shimon, Shimon can provide mezanis to Ruvain's daughter without marrying her. So So of course you're allowed to marry her. In other words, un, without having a marriage, Shimon is allowed. Even though Ruvain's not allowed enough from Shimon, Ruvain, Shimon can go ahead and feed Ruvain's daughter. So, of course, if Shimon marries her, he could feed her. What's the Chiddush over here? So the Gemara says, let's go back to the first case. Okay, that really the Nechassim of the meaning the Shimon is not allowed to have enough from Ruvay. And I, what was your whole thing? She's nobody's Shivcha. She's a Bagaris over here. Okay, meaning the girl is already, we're not talking about a katana that she's a shivcha, that she's going to work for somebody, either the father or the husband. No, she's already a bagaris, and therefore she's doing it midaita. She's not considered property of the father. 
And therefore, the father, Reuben, is not giving Shimon anything. And that's what we're coming to <coughs> Bavarna over here. Okay, so what's the Chiddush? So what's the Chiddush? The, the older girl of Reuben, Shimon's not enough from Reuben, the older girl of Reuben can go marry Shimon. So, Midaita, says the Ran, approaching, and we're not really going to see the Chiddush necessarily out in the Ran, but it says, the Ran says, Deloi, what's Midaita? Time of Kayoiv Lamilsa. They were giving the reason why. Kalimer, Mishum Hachi Shari, the Hamidaita, he the Kivin Shab Bagra, Shubay Lavir Shuspa. Inami, Kikama Midaita, the Mute Daitoi, the Chasun, Shimaso, Shliach, the Daber Ima. And this is really, we're getting a little hint. Tesis will speak this out a little bit uh, clearer. Shemaso shliach ledaber ima al iskei nesuin aser dehakamahanile. So the Ran says that it has to be midaita. However, if if the chasam shimon made Ruben a shliach, it would taka be aser. Okay, shlichas like we've seen before. We saw this idea that if you make somebody an official shliach, we had the three levels we brought down. Right? When, it, when we talked about benefiting somebody. If you make somebody an official shliach, like to write a get, that's shlichos. So that's considered hana. If you say, or, and, and over there, we needed by truma, right? We needed some sort, sort of approval. So we said that if you say, um, whoever wants can do this, then it's not the shlichos. So it's the shlichos shabai that creates the hana. The fact that I appointed you and you're doing my wishes, that creates the hana. That's going to be a problem. So if the chasan, it has to be umidaita, says the ran, that if the chasan goes ahead and appoints the father and says, go convince your daughter to marry me, that would be a problem. And what we're coming to say is it must be Midaita. We're talking about a Begeres, can't be a Shimcha of the father, Shimon's Asher Dabana from Rube, and Midaita, that if she does it of her own accord. Tesis speaks it out just a little bit, he takes the Midaita in a little bit of a different way. He says, Tesis says, Afal Gav, Shehu Midaber Ima, Umasi Eitzel Alhinase Lehanaz Dibar, Lehmikri Hana. He comes over with a new Chedesh, says Tesis. Tesis says that no, we're not talking about the Shimcha, but the Midaita component is, that she's, yes, she's doing it, Lamaish is doing it of her own das. But the Chiddush of our Gemara, says Taisus, is that even though Shimon is not Lavana from Ruvain, and ostensibly Ruvain's daughter, yes, is a Bagheera, she has her own das, but she's going to seek counsel from her father. And even though her father convinces her to go ahead and marry Shimon, not Ali De Shlichus, that, that's only a Hanaz Dibur. Shimon's only getting a Hanaz Dibur from Ruvain, and that does not constitute Hana, that's not going to be Asr. And that's the Chiddush, the way Taisus starts. I'm Rabbi Yaakov. Hamadir Talmud if a person says, I don't want to be mevat on my son to learn, I'm not going to have any anna from my son so that he can spend all his time learning Torah. That's a madr b'nai l'talmud Torah. Mutar l'malis le'chavis. Still, the son is allowed to fill up a chavis shamayim. U'lahalik l'esanerin to light a candle. Rav Yitzchak amr litzlech dog katan. That he can even litzlech loy dog katan. He can even cook, right, something that's quick, right, made, made scrambled eggs. Dog katan, right, something that takes 30 seconds. Again, and the Ron explains, these are things, the mistama mimili zutre kihani, delekabu bitolimitara le adre. Okay, that's one way of understanding it. Is, or the other way, there's another way, Zanan Sahadi, he brings on Yerushalmi. So the Ron originally says that either because these things are little tiny. What we meant was, I'm not going to send my husband, my, my son, I don't want him to learn, I'm not going to send my husband away. I don't say husband. Son, <laughs> the father says, I'm not going to send my son away to go ahead, right, to go, out, to go on an out-of-town trip to do something for me. I don't want to be a Vatal Torah, but something little like this, pouring, pouring a, a, filling up a barrel or, or making, you know, according to Abzera, even Litzleis, Doug Cotton, to cook. Doug Cotton, I guess it would be the equivalent of scrambled eggs. Takes 30 seconds to do. So those would be things that the father, either um, the Mili Zutra, that would not be Bittal Torah, and therefore since the nether was made for Bittal Torah purposes, 
he would the son can still do these things, or that he brings down a Yerushalmi that says Zanan Sahadi, that the father did not have these built into the nether. These were carve-outs, right? That's the only, that's the two ways we deal with the exception. Either it's not going to be, if it was for Bittal Torah, it's not for, these things aren't Bittal Torah, or it's a carve-out built in at the time of the nether. Amar of Yermia, Amar of Yechanan, Amodar Anam Echavera, Amodar Lahashkoisei that a person, even if Shimon's not allowed to have enough from Reuven, Reuven can still give him this kais shal shalom. My nihu, what's this kais shal shalom? Hachar tagimu kais shal beis ha'avel. It's the kais that they gave, person, they gave a person in the beis ha'avel. Marava amri kais shal beis ha'merchatz. That it would be the kais of beis ha'merchatz. And these are things, the way the Ron explains it is, first of all, by the way, he says that you can't give him the kais. That would be that would be hano. So what we're saying is that if in these situations Shimon needs to drink a cup of water, either basal avel, and that was the custom, kaisal basal avel, they would drink wine. We had we had the gemara cutting how many cups of wine originally it was a lot, and they scaled it back a little. But there was wine in basal avel that was a normal thing. So you're allowed to give him the cup to drink. Now you can't give him the physical cup; it has to be Shimon's cup. But Ruvain is allowed to pour for him, or coming out of the bathhouse where a person needs to drink water. So you're allowed to pour for him. Why? Because the Ron says these are dark yeshalom. Meaning this is not considered, we see another level of hana, that not everything I do for you is considered hana. There's certain things that are just considered normal, ordinary, courteous activity that's not considered being benefiting somebody. Dark, dark yeshalom means this is like anybody would do it for anybody. Uh, right? Anybody would do it, and therefore that's not considered a hana. Now let's just uh, finish up. The Gemara is going to requote a Bryce, bring another Tana. We had a machlekes. So the Tanakama holds, you can't be, if Shimon's also to have enough from Ruvain, so Ruvain is not allowed to feed the Tanakama holds his animals, Tahar or Tameh, because it's going to be Mephatim them. That the Tameh animals will now be worth more if you were going to sell it for a guy, or when the animal dies, it'll be used for dog food. Rabbi Yehuda said that it was not a problem because whatever benefits you would get from the pitum of the non-kosher animal would be outweighed by the lack of productivity you're going to get by having a fat pampered and lazy animal. Okay, so Tanya Yeshua ben Ish Aza Eimer, so the Chachamim Shita, but he's going to just make an additional Nakuda. Zan Avada V'Shevchaisa V'Aknanim, V'lo Yazar Nes Behemtai Ben Tmei Ben Tahir. So he agrees to the Chachamim that you can't <coughs> be Zan the Behema, whether, whether it's Behema Tmei or Tahira. Okay, however, Zan Avada V'Shevchaisa, what we're saying is you could be Mephatim, not basic food, again, this is the extra food, right? You could decide to put out extra candy for a person's, even though, for Shimon, even though Shimon's also time enough from Ruben, Ruben can put out extra candy, not basic food, but extra, fan, extra candy for the Avadav Shevchaisav of Shimon. Why? My time, Avadav Shevchaisav, Hakananim Limenechrusa of Dinan. Okay, that they are Limenechrusa. Now, there's two different girsas the Ron has, either Leman Karusa, that, what's their job? Their job is that they're the maid, they're the cleaning lady. We don't, they, Shimon gets no benefit of having a fat cleaning lady. In fact, he might get, right? So, Linik Rusa is the Girsa to clean. You know, there's no benefit, okay? Or Linik Rusa of Dinan, the other Girsa, which is when they die, Linik Rusa, Galashan, of getting ripped apart, like de- death, that when they die, again, by an animal, you get benefit because you get more dog food if the animal is fatter. But if an Evid, you can't do anything with a dead human, okay? So, there's no benefit either alive as being pampered or fat, and there's no benefit even dead as being fat, and therefore, even what we're trying to say is that Chama would agree that yes, Shimon's not allowed to have enough, Ruvain cannot be mafatim his animals, even in a Tmei animal, like we say here, okay, Behema Leftuma Avida, says the at the end, however, his Avadam and Shifchais would be able to get extra food from Ruvain, because it's of zero benefit to Shimon, no tangible benefit to Shimon, if they are 
uh, overfed. Just making them 